What's up, folks? Thank you for tuning in to the Progression Project podcast. I am your host, Eric Antonson, and today's guest on the show is Jack Ho. You guys know him from Instagram as at Jack from Town. If you don't follow him, give him a follow. Uh, Jack lives on Oahu. He's 14 years old. He has a long um, history, or as long, long as it can be as, if you're 14, but as a longboard surfer, uh, competitive longboard surfer, believe that he says that he actually won the state championships, I think last year. And, you know, this podcast, he's, he's a huge foil uh, freak now at this point. And I really wanted to talk to Jack because of the longboard influence and what he's bringing from longboarding into foiling. And especially in regards to style, and it's something that he's thought a whole lot about. So, you know, an interesting point on the show is that, you know, some of the guys with the best style, I feel like style is somewhat innate. But if you listen to the Kiahi podcast, and Jack says it too, these are guys that are surfing at a very high level who spend a lot of time focused on style and, you know, what makes good style and what they can do to refine their style. And so it's just reassuring to hear that as someone who feels like, I don't feel like I have a great style, but, you know, everyone's working on it, I guess. And I like that. Um, which brings up another point that I want to kind of go into a little bit. I'm going to start kind of opening up some of my uh, personal, like, learning philosophies, the way I approach things and the way I see things a little bit. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's not. Give me feedback. Let me know. And this one is the way that I approach like an activity is generally the activity and then the game within the game. And you might've heard me say that on the show before. I talk a lot about like the game within the game and foiling. There are so many incredible deep games that we're playing. You know, there's the just flying game and then there's the pumping game, there's connecting game. There's the way that you can see the landscape of a surf break and kind of efficiently bounce from place to place. There's downwinding, there's bigger waves, high aspect wings. And when you're learning a skill, you want to make sure that you are copying, not cop or using as influence people that are doing the same thing. So if you're pumping and you're working on pumping, you want to model someone who has a similar um, physique. You know, as Glenelg pointed out on the last last podcast, she um, generally, uh, looks to females for style and, um, you know, maneuver, uh, body position, all that kind of stuff because of physical stature. And you should do the same thing when you are looking to pump. You should make sure that, you know, if you're six foot tall, you're not, um, following the, you know, necessarily the, uh, the, the, the motion movements of someone who's five feet tall, it's going to be different. Or if you're 200 pounds, don't look to someone who's 100 pounds. If you're riding a um, signature 250, don't try to model someone who's riding a MFC 1250. Um, and so that's an important that's an important thought. And also make sure that you're looking at someone who's playing the, the same game that you want to be uh, working on. So if you are a uh, if you're wanting to get better at turning, you know, follow people or, or before you go surf, watch videos, model people that are doing the same things that you want to do and focus on focus on that aspect of the game. And just because someone's great at one um, game within a game, you know, micro game, uh, doesn't mean that they're great at all of them. And so pick and choose where you're drawing influence from. And so like if you're learning to pump better, you know, Kane and Nathan are probably the guys to follow. And then if you're talking about smaller wings, you know, maybe an Adam Bennett's throw that in there or uh, Miso Fernando. Um, so just make sure that you guys are looking at the right models as we're all progressing through this sport and then kind of go into a session with an intention of what you're focused on. So, you know, we've been doing some kind of like, I don't know what to call it exactly. It's kind of like side winders, uh, downwind down the beach with, uh, with the swell. So you're in the surf line the whole time, but you're running the beach. Um, been super fun, but, um, you know, that's the games that I've been playing. So I've been bringing in a lot of kind of influence from how people are getting energy and, and downwinding. I'm really working on efficiency in, you know, pumping and exiting with speed and all of that. So I'm really focused on 
what I'm trying to get better at every time I, I go into the water. I mean, sometimes you're just going out there to surf for sure, but I think it's just as much fun to, to really try to focus on the areas that you're trying to improve. And it's kind of like you're herding cats. You're trying to push all of the um, balls, all of these different games forward to have a better complete game. Um, so anyways, and I think that, you know, being better at pumping and, and being able to enter speed uh, enter enter waves with more speed is going to help you um in your turn game because now you're going to have more speed on tap for your turns and so all these things help the global picture of foiling but there are definitely different skill sets within the broader thing so um let me know if if those insights kind of the way that i approach things helps at all if you like that or not and um i can kind of do that at the beginning of these shows or not you know I just was thinking about that this morning. I thought it might be interesting to include. So you guys enjoy the show with Jack Ho, Jack from town. Give him a follow on Instagram. Uh, I think you're going to learn a lot from this one. And yeah, it's just cool to see someone who's 14 years old, who has such a mature approach to the sport. So uh, Jack, thanks for taking the time to come on and uh, stay tuned. Next episode is with Eric Foyle, Eric Christensen. He recorded last week. So that'll be up soon. Um, All right, guys. Happy New Year. Enjoy. All right, Jack, thank you for coming on the podcast, man. How are you today? Good. Thank you, Eric. Stoked to be here. Yeah, this is awesome, man. I've been following your surfing for a bit, your foiling. I thought it'd be super cool to get your perspective on foiling given your longboard background. Um, So thanks for sharing. So. I, yeah, I picked up the foil about a year ago. Actually, December 1st was my first day. And I went down to the local surf shop and they had a used one for 600 bucks, complete setup. And I bought that, went out, like, junkest day ever. Went out, got bucked off every single time, stood up once, claimed it, came to the <laughs> beach and just loved it. And every day after that, for the next two weeks, Every single day, I'd go to the beach and just wipe out and have so much fun. <laughs> That's awesome. So the bug got you right away. It was first yeah. session for you. Yeah, it was. Well, I was like not. I've tried like other friends before, but that was like my first real session. And I wasn't expecting to like really get it. And then once I stood up that one time for like two seconds before I dropped I was like, really, that was the breakthrough for me. Like, this is it. I want to, I want to start doing this and I just kept going and getting better. And I think like three weeks later, there's this one day when the waves are super good and I took it out and I, I was going for a pretty good amount of time, just standing up and kind of gliding. And that, that was the breakthrough. Like, Oh, this is it. We're going to get serious. <laughs> um, what were those big moments in your learning curve? You know, you just talked about the first time that you got up and you really got a long flight. Like what are the moments that stick out? If you had to pick out like your five favorite foiling moments of that first three months, what are they? Well, definitely the wipeouts. <laughs> I've had like some, I have friends and this has happened to them too, but when they start, they can stand up and all of a sudden the foil just drops. And that happened to me a lot, like figuring out, how to balance it. Another moment would probably be when the waves are good that day and I was really just going a while and just feeling the glide and going fast down just a big wall of water that's not breaking, but you're just really gliding super fast. And then, oh, my first double wave. I don't know what people call it, double wave or a two-for-one connection. I call it double wave, but my first double wave, I got it and I just was so happy. I was like, I was, I claimed it. <laughs> no one was out. So like, it was kind of just me and my friends. I just like put my hands up in the air. I was like, yeah, so happy. <laughs> um, and your surfing background, you know, looking at your posts from pre-foil days looks like it's a lot of longboard were you focused on longboarding before yeah so i live in waikiki and the 
spot nearest to me in Waikiki and Diamond Head. All the spots are kind of just like, you know, South Shore and like, it's not always like firing. Like in the summertime, you know, bust out the shortboard, catch some waves. But I've been just like, I learned, everyone really learns the longboard, yeah. So I learned on a longboard kind of like, had started getting having fun with it with my friends. And then when I was 10, I entered my first longboard contest. It was just like the local um, kids surf fest at the beach. I won. Oh, and I, one of the prize was a brand new longboard. And that really got into it. It was like legit. Uh, I think it was like eight. So it was like, it wasn't a nine which is like your standard longboard. It was a little smaller, like your kid's version. But it was like a legit longboard. And I remember like every day after school, I just go out and learn how to like walk the board, turn it and stuff like that. And I think it took me like a year. After that year, that was like the breakthrough where like, oh, I'm, I'm actually getting getting good. It's like all this practice is like paying off, and I just kept getting better. And then I'm 14 now, but last summer, I think when I was like 13, yeah, that was like the year where like everything just clicked. I got really good at it, and I just felt like I was getting super good really fast, and just like everything was like working. I was like learning all these new moves and like surfing better because another thing is like I grew, I grew a couple inches and that just put on more weight and especially like when I turn and stuff like that, just all my surfing just so much more powerful on a longboard. Last year was really when it like clicked with me that like oh this is like going pretty good. <laughs> um, and when you started to get into foiling what were you able to bring from longboarding into foiling? Well, I think like my perspective on foiling is that lots of guys, it doesn't really matter how good you are at surfing. It's like everyone's going to struggle in the beginning, but I feel like the guys who kind of excel more than others are the guys with style and style from longboarding transferred over to foiling. Like, when I do my turns, I can, you know, it's all these like subtle things, like where your, your hands are, like how low you are, just all these little things that like makes it look, makes boarding look good and like smooth. I feel like it all comes from longboarding because, you know, longboarding is all about smooth walking up the nose and doing smooth controlled maneuvers. And that's the same thing as with foiling, like shortboarding, it's a little easier to think because, you know, it's all about like powerful big hacks and snaps and turns but with foiling and longboarding it's so technical and you just got to be super smooth and make it look effortless and i think that's what i got out of longboarding that i brought to foiling now is style something that you are actively working on with longboarding and with shortboarding is style just inherent do you just are you born with style how, how does style you know come come about yeah every day i'm working on style you know it's it's i mean you could say that like oh some the style is just naturally stylish but i think like everyone has to work on it and like everyone has their own style so like i never like there's other things that i know and like some of my friends they have surf coaches i was i'm all like you know my dad surfs he taught me how but it's not like I don't have like a surf coach telling me what to do. So I, everything like I've picked up was just all watching YouTube videos. So when I was little, I'd watch YouTube videos of like people on the old single fins, just nose riding and, and watching their style and trying to pick that up. And then when I transferred into foiling, there's so many like local foilers that you foil with every day. So everyone's kind of watching each other. And I think like the more you watch each other, the more style and like techniques you pick off, of other people and like sometimes like I've been watching lately like Kai Lenny he is like really good at airs and like I've been watching his style and like Scott McNally also known as Foil Wizard on Instagram mm -hmm. he's probably like one of my favorite foilers we foil almost every week yeah because we both live in town and he has like amazing style so I've been trying to just watch them and just kind of copy them and like copy their style to kind of create my own style that's awesome. So, um, probably most folks who are listening to the podcast follow 
is Scott Scotty um, Foil Wizard. Can you break down what you like? Yeah. Yeah. Can you break down his style and and what you like about it, what you're trying to emulate? Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, this might be kind of hard, but Foil Wizard is known on Instagram pretty well. And he's, he's like, we're really close. We're friends. And I met him, I think two years ago surfing. And it's like, we were, sur- we were friend surfing and stuff like that. I'd see him out there. Then once he started foiling and I started foiling, we kind of became closer. So like now we have like a pretty good relationship and like we always see each other. So we foil a lot. And his style is like so good. Like his arms, his power, his just everything about it. But I really noticed his turns, like his turns are so it's like a mix of powerful and like, smooth and just like graceful and it's hard to explain but like he just makes it look really good and i really like how it looks so i try to do that but he rides a, a lift foil 170 fish and that wing is super super snappy and super loose so he just rips so hard on it and i try to just watch him and try to surf, <laughs> surf almost as good as him <laughs> Um, who else are you looking at? You mentioned Kai Lenny. Anyone else out there that Kai you, Lenny? Yeah, yeah, Kai Lenny, and also like I just have like there's a bunch of us foiling, like me and my friends, and like we all just look at each other and like doesn't matter if you're good or bad, like it's all about like your style and like how graceful you are, and everyone can pick up on something everyone else does. But yeah. one one person I like is a Punker Pat. He's part of the West Foil Club. And that's his Instagram, Punker Pat, I think. And his arms, his, just his stance. He's not doing crazy turns, but just when he stands there, this looks so good. Yeah. It, it's interesting in foiling because there's so much speed on tap, then it's, you don't have to work like you're working on a shortboard, right? And so it becomes more about yeah controlling that speed. and Yeah. How do you think about lines on a foil versus lines on a longboard? Uh, well, foiling's a little different because, like, you're not hugging the pocket, you're not like on the face, but it definitely trans transitions over from like longboarding and like, you know, I've been late, lately. I've been doing a like trying to do high lines on the foil. Like, for example, when you're riding like maybe like a fish, you want to kind of do like a high line, come down and get speed. I've been trying to do that on the foil, like kind of go high on the wave and come down and just accelerate. And I think that like that kind of transitions over from surfing and that's, you know, that's where I got the idea to try that. Um, that's one of my favorite moments in, I do a lot of stand up surfing and mid length surfing and I, I'm doing those now in foils yeah. too. I love high lines to like down carves. Such a beautiful move. Yes. Yeah, if you can make a high look good, it just looks amazing. Because when you go up, you know you're like super stash, you're super cruisy. You come down, you just compress your whole body and accelerate into the bottom turn, and just so much speed comes out of it. I think yeah. it's just, I think it's like really cool. Uh, yeah, I agree, hundred um, percent. And then when you've got all that speed, um, I've seen you start getting into the air game and. Let's go, let's talk about straps for yeah. a little bit. You know, like if you start going that fast, yeah, you start so, doing those airs, like more straps. Well, there's this whole thing about like straps, like, oh, is it cheating? Is it, you know, like, oh, well, I know guys who say that like, oh, straps are just, it's fun. It, I'm doing airs and I'm happy with that. And then there's other guys who are saying like, you know, straps, like if I want to really be the best, I have to do airs without traps. And I think that whole thing is I try to like ignore it all. Like I do use straps if I want to, I don't, I don't have to use straps if I don't want to. Like some days I'll just go out and surf without traps. And it's just like what I want to do. Like if I want to surf with straps, it makes me happy. Like who cares? And I think this whole like kind of straps, no straps debate is kind of just like, I'm over it. <laughs> I just want to, just want to foil. 
When are you feeling that straps, no straps debate? Where do you feel that kind of that? uh, Where where are you feeling that? Because we don't feel it here, but. Oh, yeah. If you guys, you guys don't feel it there. Well, um, I think, I don't know, just in like, in Hawaii, just like people are like super, there's, there's a lot of us. And I just, you know, some people talk, we talk sometimes like, oh, like, I'm surfing shafts and like, you know, some other guys like, oh, you know, shafts should, I'm anti shafts, you know, like I should be able to do airs if I want to be the best. And I don't, if that's not, I don't know if it's like that's happening anywhere else, but I feel like that's like get a little bit of that here. And it's just kind of like, you know, just all around. I don't want to say hate, but just like, I think everyone just needs to chill about shafts and like, it's not cheating. It's, we're just having fun when we want to do airs and stuff. How does it change cool, but, the way that you approach a wave when you have straps? How does it change like maybe the way you pump and the sections that you're going to hit? Does it feel like a different board sport or does it feel the same? Cause I don't surf in straps. Oh, it, yeah. So I went snowboarding for the first time last year mm-hmm. and I was foiling. I was like, Oh yeah. Like people tell me like, Oh, it's just like foiling. I was like, okay. Yeah. It's pretty, really similar. And I got straps and it's the, I just, it's the same thing. Your turns, your air, like airs on this, everything's the same thing as snowboarding. And one thing I noticed from the straps is pumping. You pump so much better because you're lifting up the board. Your feet are strapped in. So your front foot is like lifting up the nose of the board instead of your back foot pushing it down and it up. So I think you pump just faster and better. But like turning and like turning wise, you feel so much more comfortable when you do turns because like you ever like hold back because like, you're going to like, you feel like you're going to fall. Like that's what happened to me a lot. I would like hold back from certain turns, especially like whitewash hits mm-hmm. because I'm like kind of scared of like falling or the foil flipping, but with straps, I can just go like all out and like you feel so much more comfortable. And it's just, once you get that comfort, once you take the straps off, you can, you just, you can do it. So I think that's a, another cool thing, like surfing with straps for a while, then taking the straps off and going no straps. That's when your surfing gets better. I feel like. I hadn't thought about that before. That's an interesting point. Getting comfortable in the I white mean, water. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably like the main thing for me. Like, doing a roundhouse and hitting the washer was the scariest thing ever on the foil mm-hmm. because, you know, it could flip, it could buck you off, but with straps, it felt so safe. I was like, Oh, I could, I can do this. And then once I took the straps off, I'm still comfortable with it. And it just, you can do those, all those maneuvers without straps. That's cool too. Yeah. One thing Adam Bennett talks about is that he does a lot of his rail grabs. He's kind of, you know, famous for those. And yeah. he's holding the nose up because he's yeah. accelerating so much and you start to get that, you know, the foil wants to to dive when you start going that fast with a certain tail wing. I'm sure with straps, you can pull through the turn there too. So it probably lets you feel a lot more comfortable in those high speed turns because you yeah. can hold the nose out. Oh yeah, for sure. Like when you're going super fast with straps, like almost just everything you do on the foil, you feel so more comfortable because you're strapped in and connected. And I think that's when you, especially when you're surfing like bigger waves or more like steeper, more technical waves, especially with the straps, you've just surf better and you're comfortable. Yeah. I'm going to have to get it, give it a try. What's the best way to start with straps for someone who hasn't done it before? Uh, it's tricky in the beginning, like, taking off and standing up on the foil is already hard enough Then taking off and standing up while putting your feet in straps. That's, that's even harder. So like it took me probably like a solid week to really like figure out how to just like stand up. But I think there's lots of guys with the um, stick on straps and those work pretty good. It's like the stick on adhesive strapping you can put on your board. But I say, if you want to, you know, try it out. I, you should just wait till you get another board and have those inserts built in. Because if you don't like them, you don't have to use them. You can 
you don't it affect the board if even though there's those holes inside it surf just like a regular board so if you want to try shafts i feel like you should just get another board when you're ready and order it with shafts trap inserts and just practice right on talking about boards what are you riding and, and what do you like in a board so I'm riding uh, Amundsen Customs by Uncle John Amundsen, and he uh, makes boards on the North Shore. And I started riding his 310W last year, and I had that board for a while. Then I tried Scotty's 42 Firebolt, and I was like, "Oh, this thing's this thing's amazing!" So I got one from Uncle John, and I've been surfing that for a while, and that board is board it has it's all carbon it's super light and the, he has the, the i don't know what you call it, uh, beveled rails mm-hmm. like the chined rails i think that's what you call it but yeah. yeah those rails that come in so when you hit on a turn it kind of bounces off and like it's super forgiving and then the another feature is the kicktail the kicktail in the back kind of helps when you're going super fast or doing like uh, sharp turns, like especially bottom turns and you're going up to hit it. And instead of the tail catching, it kind of bounces off and like skids off the water, the flat surface to the water. That's cool. Um, have you played around with uh, other boards besides those two? Um, I've tried like my first boards, but I've been mainly just riding those boards. And I feel like having the extra going super short on a board is cool. Like when you're riding like three eights, three tens, like that's cool. But I feel like when you go add like another four, six inches, you kind of feel difference in your surfing. And don't ask me, I don't know why, but like, I just like feel felt a difference going from the three ten to four, two. And kind of just like, since it's more like a surfboard shape than like a box shape, it just felt so much more like surfier and snappier. Are you more comfortable in the white water on a longer board? Um, yeah, I would, I think so. I think just having some more, a little, a couple more inches of board makes you feel comfortable. Cause big thing with me in the white water was like going up to do like a white water turn, it's the board flipping over. And doing the you know the the kick flip and you land on the foil, and that was like that's like my number one fear. So I think with an extra like extra couple inches and like a bigger board, you just feel like there's more board that you have to sit down, and it makes you feel comfortable. Yeah, I think everybody like. But I think I think it's yeah. Um, I see you're part of the chop shop now. What have you learned about tail wings since you've been yeah. playing around? Chop shop. <laughs> I, uh, another Scotty story. Uh, I was falling and I got in a, I got on signature foils. So they sent me a couple foils and I was surfing, uh, the 175 stealth, which is an amazing wing, but it had a 16 inch back wing. That's, that's pretty big. And took it out, showed Scotty. He's like, chop it. I was like, what? <laughs> so confused like chop chop your foil this expensive piece of equipment like chop it cut it in half with a saw and sand it and i'm like what still so confused and then this whole foil the world hashtag chop shop thing kind of started it's kind of a viral i was like you know what? i'm gonna give it a try so it was 16 inches took an inch off each side to make it 14 i was like wow this is amazing like i can feel the difference just like it releases like when you do a top turn, you know, almost like I tell my friends and like it's similar to like a blow tail on a shortboard, except you're <laughs> blowing the back wing out. So it's like super snappy and it releases. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna chop it even more. So chopped a, a inch and a half off each side. And now I'm at eleven <laughs> inches. So I'm an eleven inch I'm an eleven inch tailing right now. And I all I use is a hacksaw and sandpaper. And how, how does it feel now? Totally different feel. Yeah. You know, it's totally, it's way that much looser, that much snappier. And 
everyone's so concerned about pumping, like, oh, I don't want to lose lift and I don't want to lose pump when the you chop your tailing. But I think that you pump faster and better with the smaller towing. Like I'm definitely pumping faster with the smaller towing than I was with the big one. And I, I just think it's better, especially I put that small wing on my 210 Albatross, which is a really big wing. And there's already so much bite and so much like you need, it takes a lot to turn that wing compared to like a smaller performance wing. So when I put that small tailwing on the Albatross, it gets so much more looser and surfier, which is, I think is better. And you still don't lose the pump. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I, I cut mine down to a 12 inch that I ride on the Albatross now and it turns it into like a surf wing. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. It's great. What, um, what Albatross are you on? So I have, I'm now on the Unifoil 190. I actually just sold my oh, buddy, right the 210, um, today. He, I let him borrow it. It was super mean of me. I let my buddy, he's like, hey, I, I was like, you should try this wing. I wanted to sell a little bit, call up my buddy, Maddie, And I knew he was going to love it. And you know, two days later, he texts me, I want to buy your wing. <laughs> he kind of laughing, but he's having so much fun, man. He's getting such good rides now. And I mean, it's just such an upgrade. That's the thing about those. Yeah. That's the thing about those kind of wings. Like as much fun as it is to do huge turns, cruising, just, Catching, you know, so many ways and catching one wave and catching, you know, three or four just effortlessly. That's super fun. And it gets like, I'm definitely riding my albatross much more than I'm riding my stealth wing, especially because like the waves are small and just want to get out there and just hop around and kind of just cruise. Yeah. Um, I'm playing with the 190 right now. Cliffy uh, Unifoil sent me a 190. And that thing is the same Back, wingspan yeah. as the 210, but it's just the cord is smaller and it's a little bit lower profile. So it's like a faster version of the 210. It's insane. I did a, like a downwind yeah, run yesterday yeah. uh, on the beach and I did yeah. one, one wave was 2,800 feet. So it's a half mile and it was 19 oh miles goodness. an hour. It was insane. Um, oh, yeah. 19 miles an hour? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, like going faster averaging 15 that's insane it was insane it was like in surf though right the wind was blowing straight out of the north and our beach runs east or uh out of north south here so it was like straight down the beach and it was like chest to head high surf so basically it was like a point just running down the sandbank. um it was insane i went wow, out today and just got my butt insane. kicked though it's no good yeah i've been trying to do a downwinders lately we've had some pretty strong winds here like 25, 30 mile an hour gust. And mm -hmm. where, where I live is there's Waikiki, which is like pretty sheltered from the wind. wind. So even if it's strong wind, it's pretty clean. Then right around the bend is Diamond Head and that's super exposed to the wind. So I've been going out there and paddling out past the surf line and catching a chop and riding it just as far as I can, connecting it. And that, I don't know, I don't know how far I've connected it, but I've definitely gotten like, hundreds of yards just down to like net the three sur spots down That's so connecting cool. wind bumps. So much fun. Are you doing that on the two ten? Yeah, two ten. Yeah. Um any any my friend uh my friend yeah. yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, oh my sorry. friend did it on a one seventy fish. That wing is really tiny, and he did a downwinder on it. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know if this is gonna work because it's a super small performance wing. And he caught a bump, and that the pumping isn't as great. But once you get on a bump, that thing is so fast, and we were flying so fast on the fish wing. That's crazy. And I was I was pretty surprising that like we were able to actually connect bumps on such a tiny wing. <laughs> Hey, so let's talk pumping for a minute. You mentioned pumping a minute ago and how it's different in straps, yeah. but why don't you talk through how it's different on the high aspect wing, say on the 210 and how it is on like a wing, like the stealth, how do you change your cadence? Like what is different? If you're going to explain, um, how to do it, what, what would you, what would you say to someone who wants to know the differences? 
Yeah, so I think there's a big difference. Like with the stealth, you can pump, and the fast, the I feel like the harder you pump, like the more like aggressive you pump, the faster it goes. And like especially with small wings, you got to work it to like have it go fast. But with the albatross, when you pump, if you're like trying to just like super aggressive and kind of pump as hard as you can, that wing won't go anywhere. Like it's actually like I've tried it before, where like I'm trying to go super fast pumping. I just pump as hard as I can, but it just slows down, doesn't go faster. And I think the trick with pumping those high aspect wings is just light taps. And you're just tapping your front foot. And that, that it goes so fast once you get it down. Like, you'll be standing there, and instead of, you know, out slamming the back foot and slamming the front foot, you're just doing small taps with your front foot. And I think that's the trick to pumping those wings because it's so much more efficient because you're using less energy. So you can go that much farther and that much longer when you pump. Yeah, that's a, that's good insight. And it holds true to everything that I've felt. One, one of the things that I've been playing around with a lot lately is how to stretch out pumps. So like when you kick out, if you kick out with a lot of speed, instead of starting your pump kind of like at a fast cadence, push harder yeah. and, and stretch yeah. it out and you can go faster with slower. It almost looks like you're pumping in slow motion. Have you played around with anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I have actually. And I feel like getting, if you get a lot of speed off the wave, you can actually glide for like two or three seconds before you start pumping. Cause that wing, the 210 has so much glide. Like I'll be pumping and I'll just bring it up and just glide there for a second and then start pumping again. So I think like, yeah, it's not about fast pumps. It's light, slow tap. And even if you go slow, it's still going to go and pump well. So I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Right on. Um, have you heard the term foil brain? What is that? Foil brain? Yeah. People get super, super into, into foiling and they kind of lose sight of James Casey said it on the show a long time ago. Um, how really. <laughs> how much are you surfing these days? Like how 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 much are you fully foil brained, or are you still taking out the longboard a lot? Uh that's that's a good question. I don't know if I want to answer it, but um, <laughs> <laughs> sponsors and stuff. <laughs> sorry, longboard friends, but sorry, longboarding community, but I haven't surfed a longboard in like serious waves. Like you know, I've been going out like when it's small, but like I like had a serious longboard session like three months. <laughs> and you know, that that's not too bad compared to some other guys. Cause I know like there's lots of guys here that don't even like sold all their surfboards. They don't even surf. You know, when it's firing, they're on the foil. And especially with me, since I'm young and like, you know, I still compete surfing. I, it's important for me to switch it up. So like if the waves are good. I'll go surf. And if it's bad, I'll foil. You know, it's all depends on my friends are my friends are doing. If they want to surf, I'll surf. If they want to foil, I'll foil. And I think, like, there's nothing wrong with just foiling, but switching up, I feel like, is super important because you don't want to lose surfing. And I think surfing, like, you gotta you gotta keep on surfing because that's like the OG form of wave riding, yeah. Because like that's what everyone uh, three years ago was doing, and now since foils are around, it's kind of just kind of taking over. Uh, going back, being able to switch back to the surfboard is important. But it's kind of funny because, like, in the beginning, I hated going back because it sucked because you can't surf anymore. You switch back to the surfboard and you're kind of just, you're a kook again. You can't do turns. You can't even paddle the shortboard. It's all tippy. And I feel like going, like, I've had some really frustrating sessions just like terrible sessions where I'm not surfing good, falling on all my waves. And I've had some sessions where I go back and I'm the rookie. <laughs> so it's like, I can't really figure it out, but I feel like the more you do it, the more you switch back and forth, the easier it gets. And like to a point now, like I can switch back to the surfboard and it's, it's, it's fine. Cause I've been switching back so often. So I kind of like know what it feels like. So now if I like, would go back to the surfboard, I'd be fine. Yeah. Why is it that when folks start to foil, it takes over the way it does? 
when people are selling their surfboards. Why do you think that is? Well, yeah. So I, I feel like it's kind of like my, my thoughts on it, but I feel like when someone starts foiling, they suck. Everyone sucks when they start. Everyone has trouble standing up. Everyone has trouble, you know, flying 10 feet. And there's so much wipeout. And the only way to get better is by doing it. So if, there's no such thing as, you know, like foiling, like, you know, once every two weeks or like three times a month whenever you're free and becoming good. Like you, you got to do it like, like almost every day to like really get it down. And once you like, once you get a foil, all you want to do is get better and get to the level where you can pump out and do link waves and do turns. And the only way to do that is by doing it a lot. So that kind of takes away their surfing because they don't have any, people don't have any desire to go back to surfing and kind of just like not, not foil when it's so fun, you know? So I thought it's all about like practice. Like you got to do it a lot to get good. And then the whole thing with connecting waves, the ability to be able to be on your feet for a minute or two or three, that doesn't happen in surfing unless you're at the oh my, world's best break it, on the world's yeah, best day. That, yeah. So I've actually been out in the lineup before with other foilers. And there's this one guy who told me to, Hey, you can't pump back out because it's dangerous for the surfers. And <laughs> one, like he said that to me and that just really kind of like hit me. Like, Oh, uh, like, especially as a kid, like when someone telling you, like you can't foil here, like, I was with my other friends and they're just like, Oh, forget it. Like, I feel like that is the main thing that's foiling apart from surfing, you know, turning and being able to do all those surf surf maneuvers on the wave is kind of similar, but being able to go back out, pump out and catch another wave and possibly a third and a fourth. That's where it gets really cool. And that's when, that's what's so much different about the two, two sports. Yeah. What's the vibe like? I mean, you mentioned that incident. How often is there, you know, something like that happening? It's not very often, but every now and then you'll have like a, you say an uncle. Yeah. So like an uncle would kind of like tell you like, oh, you know, like watch out, be safe. Like Especially at like certain surf spots, like where it's like lots of like surfers and like not a lot of foilers because there's, I feel like here, I don't know about where you guys live, but here there's a real kind of like tension between the foilers and surfers. Like there's, everyone knows that there's certain spots where you would just not paddle out on a foil because, you know, it's regulated by local surfers. And I feel like every now and then, you know, that one foiler who's like, Hey, you know, watch out. It's like, Hey, don't be like pumping out into the lineup that way. And I think that like, as long as everyone's safe and everyone like understands, like to show respect for the surfers and like same thing with the surfers, if the surfers show respect for the foilers, we can all get along and share waves together at the same spot. What is, I was talking about this with a buddy the other day. What are the rules for priority with foiling and surfing? If you're pumping back out and you're on the inside, is there a priority there or do surfers always have priority over foilers? How do, how do you all handle it out there? Um, Honestly, I've never really came across that issue like out in the water. I feel like I feel like if I pump back out and like I'm pumping like outside everyone and I catch a wave, I'm not gonna go straight through the middle of the surface. I'm gonna stay on the shoulder kind of like away from everyone. But I know that like certain I know that certain people kind of get irritated with foilers because you know they're like taking all the waves. But I try to just stay on the shoulder and not as long as you're not like in the middle of the surf break that's cool but it's like everyone kind of understands it and like especially like we're lots of us foil we're foiling at like beginner surf spots like lots of us foil at diamond head and diamond head is a super slow wave and there's lots of people but everyone's just like learning you know you have those people who rip and like everyone knows like not to take their waves so there's like certain people out in the lineup that you would just like not take waves from them, but everyone else kind of just gets along. Everyone understands it, that like, we're just having fun. And like, as long as there's like respect for like the surfers and as long as the surfers respect the foilers, 
everyone can get along. And that, that's, that's cool. Right on. What, what do you see as your future in board sports and, and foiling and surfing? What are your goals? Yeah, I was, I was actually just about to ask you a question about kind of that, but I was, I only started thinking about this like a week ago, but like, what if there was a, like maybe 10 years, what if there was like a foil world tour? Because almost like, especially when I used to foil Waikiki, but then now they kind of like banned it. So you're not allowed to go there because I can see why, because it's super crowded. But so many people, like every session I'd come out of the water and so many tourists would come up, come up to me and ask me, oh, what is that? How does it work? And it's so like, especially where people have never seen it before, it's so, so cool to see someone flying above the water. And I feel like surfing is really like fan driven, like especially like the world's great. There's so many fans who love surfing. Like what if there was a kind of like a foiling tour and like it was super like, it'd be so much fans and there'd be so much people who are like super interested in it. I've always wondered, like, what if that, like, in 10 years happened and I could be a part of that? But I see myself in 10 years, you know, 20 years when I'm older, kind of just surfing for fun, honestly. I have people who ask me, oh, are you going to be a pro surfer when you grow up? And I tell them, no, like, I, that just doesn't really sound fun. And I just want to be uh, enjoying surfing because when I was little, me and my dad, my parents, they never really thought of me getting good at surfing and no one didn't really think that it's going to be the kind of like competitive kind of thing. We thought it was just like for fun and I want to keep it that way. I don't want to get super competitive. Like, yeah, I'll do contests in there, but for me, it's all about having fun with your friends and just enjoying the ocean. So I think in the future, I'm just going to still be foiling and surfing and having fun with my friends every day. <laughs> it's a good dream, man. What, why do you think the fun would go away yeah. if you start taking the competition more seriously? Well, I've already been like, like last year was a big year for me. Like I did lots of local contests, actually won the state championships and went to nationals and got second. And the whole year was, a, you know, there's a contest every month. So like you're always you're always trying to like practice. Yeah. So it was lots of like managing like, Oh, should I be foiling or should I be surfing? Like some days I just like be like force myself to surf. Cause you know, I have a contest next week and I want to do good. And I know that like, if I just foil, 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 I'm going to get thrown off a little bit. So I had to be like force myself to surf some days where I just really want to foil. And just like, now that I'm not competing as much, it's kind of just like more laid back and just kind of do what I want to do. And like, I want to foil on this day. I, I can go foil on this day. And it's just kind of, it's more fun because you, the comp, competitive stress kind of just goes away. Gotcha. If there were to be foiling contests, what do you think the criteria should be? That's the, that's the only problem with foiling. It's like everyone has, it's so new and everyone's like, we're surfing. Everyone has like, it's all like, you know, uh, big turn, snap, barrel, like all the moves are kind of like similar and like everyone can kind of do them the same and it's really just who does it with more like power and style or foiling. Like there's so many different, everyone has their different opinion of what good foiling is. So I think it's going to, if there was a competition, like a world foiling, it would probably take a while to like really figure out like how it would work. But I think like we we've got like I don't know if you heard of it, but you heard of the Kalapaki Foil Challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's Jason Jason Tanglin. So Jason won a big contest on Kauai, and it was an absolute hit. There's so many guys; everyone was stoked, and it. See, I I didn't go. It seemed like it worked really well, and everyone was having fun. You know, heats are going good. <laughs> first and second events, third and fourth are out and it worked kind of like a surfing contest, but it was foiling. And I think that once people like kind of understand what like criteria is like, you know, most powerful turns and most powerful maneuvers and stylish maneuvers, 
as well as pumping back out and catching another wave. That's like once people understand that, I think that's where like you can kind of like we're going to start seeing more local contests and stuff like that. Yeah, I uh, I think about the criteria a little bit, and you know, is it a, yeah. a max number of waves that you can catch? I mean, some guys can be on their feet for minutes on end, you know, and yeah, that's the problem. Like, how do you how do you uh, manage your criteria, and how do you come up with the criteria? Yeah, and then how do you judge if there's three guys on their feet for two minutes at a time? You can't watch all the maneuvers uh, yeah. and all the waves. Yeah, so it's. It's so new that no one really knows like what where it's gonna go. But I think that'd just be kind of cool if you start seeing more local contests. And I have a friend named Keola, and he's done one so far. But it's kind of like a jam, like a skate jam style event. But mm-hmm. it's foiling, so we all kind of went out, and you know, the people on the beach, and we all foil for like an hour, come back in. And it, there's no scoring, there's no numbers, there's no priority. It's all just kind of like who was ripping the hardest and who was surfing the best. And, you know, and we had a couple prizes like shirts and hats and stickers and bags. Kind of just get them out. That's cool. How'd you do? So, oh, I actually, actually won. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> just me and my friends, but I actually, yeah, I, I had a pretty fun session and, you know, when you're out there, you're not thinking of it as a contest. You're thinking of it as a free surf with your friends. And when you come in, there's a bunch of prizes and you're like, Oh, this is sick. And you know, you're just having fun with your friends. And then when you, if you surf good, you get prizes. If you're not surfing as good, you still get prizes. You know, everyone gets prizes. Everyone gets high fives. And it's all just like fun compared to like a contest. It's like, Oh, you need a five to advance and you have a, person in red has a eight and a six, you know, it's, it kind of takes the stress away and it's just a fun sort of event to be part of. So mm-hmm. I think that there's going to be more of those. Like we already have another one. He's planning one at Kahana Bay. This weekend is looking really good for Kahana Bay because it's super strong winds. And he wants to put on another little jam. So we'll see if that happens. You've heard of Kahana Bay? No. Yeah, no, I haven't spent any time on the South Shore. I, only oh, a little you, bit on the North Shore. Oh, you, oh, well, Kahana Bay is like the best foil wave on this entire island. And when it's... The vibe out there is amazing. Like When, when it's on, you need strong winds east well because it comes to this bay. And the stronger the winds are on shore, it just creates swell. And when it's on, there's, you know, 50 foilers out there and there's, it's all foils and everyone's like five people on the same way of just having so much fun. And, you know, we foil for like six hours and come in and it's freezing there. Everyone's wearing full suits and you come in, everyone has their jackets on because it's really cold that side of the island. I don't know why, but <laughs> that bay is really cold. And everyone has their food that everyone shares and you know so it's mm-hmm. really like a super cool vibe just to like when you go out there and kind of just cruise with everyone get the foil come in eat go back out so I, I whenever kahana bay is on that's always something to look forward to that's sick. what makes a what makes a good foil wave what are your best foil waves why um well it's kind of funny so like i you would think of a foil wave as a super slow moving mush wave, but I, one of my foil, one of my favorite foil waves besides Kahana is a spot on the South shore. And it's like a, it's a so like super shallow reef break and it kind of just wedges and kind of there's, it's a barreling wave and the left does the same thing, but the left kind of fades off. And when it's super high tide, you can only surf it when it's high tide or else it's too shallow. When it's high tide, it's like the ultimate performance foil wave. Like it's steep. It's it's steep in certain sections. And like there's lots of air sections. There's lots of you know hit the lip sections. And I think it's so much fun. But Kahana Bay is probably like the best because it's just 
so slow moving and it's just super, super soft. And you can just airs, turns, cruising, do everything. Right. Um, are you going to get in any sort of trouble with any locals for mentioning that spot or is it pretty well known? Oh, Kahana Bay, like, yeah, it's, there's like, yeah, it's well known. Like everyone knows about it. There's when it's on, there's like 50 guys out there. Okay. Spoiling. I want to blow you so up. So crowded. Like, <laughs> no, 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 no. It's all cool. But like everyone knows about it. Like uh, last two weeks ago, I went and I met John John Florence out there. Foiling. No way. One foot Kahana. <laughs> yeah. All these pro surfers are out there. All his friends. And, and they're all just stoked about one foot mush waves with the foil. And I think that's just so cool. That is so cool. As we're talking right now, I've got the World Surf League. It's pipe finals day right now on the iPad next to... Yeah, to, I've been watching. And they just actually had a Vans... Uh, I don't know if it was an ad or a little place, but it was John John and Nathan foiling for like two minutes. Um, yeah, riding, that's cool. Yeah, super cool. Riding some Pizels. John, with John some, has good style on the foil. <laughs> uh, you would think he should, right? Well, yeah, I mean, he's a champ, but he, like, he's not, like, just, he would, last couple weeks ago when I saw him, he was just connecting waves, surfing so smoothly, just, like, his style when he was just standing, going straight, just looks so good. That's another thing, like, I think if you can make standing up, going straight, look good, that's when you know you have style. What's the, like, the what's easiest the key thing to, to do that? with surfing, if you're just, I mean... I think it's all about like your stance and your hands. Like, you know, where, like where you put your hands, like your stance, like if you're bending your knees, if you're just like peg legged. But I think that if you're just like, if you look composed and you like, if it looks effortless, that's when you know it's good. Um, what do you do with your hands? Um, I, when I do my turns, I kind of, the front arm kind of leads in the back end. The back hand kind of follows. And then when I'm pumping, I kind of like swing my arms because when I, I know lots of guys who pump and they just like go crazy with their arms. i like, I don't, I feel like when you do something with your arms, it helps because when I pump, I kind of swing my arms and that it, it just feels more efficient. And compared to when you're like, you know, compared to when you're just like doing nothing with your arms. I can kind of compare it to like running. Like when you're running and you're with your arms, you run better than when you like run with your arms, just like on the side, you know? Right on. Um, man, we have breezed through an hour on this. This is awesome, man. What, uh, what have we not touched on? That In you an might... hour already? Yeah. Oh, dude. wow. <laughs> that did not, that felt like 20 minutes. Yeah, that's because you're. Yeah, this is awesome, man. You're killing it. What What have we not talked about that you wanna that you wanna talk about? You have an open invite to come back, um, so it doesn't matter if you catch everything right now. Oh. Wait, a, wait a couple months and have I some mean, ideas. Give me a call. I don't know. Come back on. Um, I just want to talk about like like who are some of the guys that like I watch. Like I've been watching like you know Kyle and Scotty Foil Wizard, but all the guys like. Uh, Kane, Katie, Maui, he's so smooth. I, he, uh, he's really good. And uh, that guy Mido, mm-hmm. that's his name. Uh, yeah, Mido, he's. Yeah, I got. Um, uh, did you see his Instagram yeah. story from today? He uh, he lost a tooth yesterday. I, I think he, he messaged me. I asked him what happened. He said, "Oh, he was, I saw that." holding his, his swing wing or something like that, winging, I guess, and he was retying his leash and a wave came and it pulled his pulled his tooth out. So I'm going to have to get him on here to tell that story. But yeah, he said he had Ouch. surgery yeah, today. So hope everything's good for him. He's, he rips his, I've, there's a, there's a video of him surfing on a 170 hyper. Mm-hmm. And I think I've watched that video at least five times. <laughs> <laughs> I have too, man. It's so good. 
Yeah. You you watch it too? Oh yeah, so many times because I have the 190. Oh, and I'm a, like yeah. a, it's like pretty relevant because I'm, a, I'm yeah. a bigger dude than he is. So it's like yeah, he. That's the thing. There's certain videos on Instagram that I've watched like five or ten times at least, and just like trying to figure out like how he searched that one, kind of doing what he does. But he's so good. When you break down a video like that, what are you looking for? What are you taking away from the video? Arms. I'm looking at arms and stats. Like what? What? he's doing with his arms and how if he's like super like compressed if he's super standing up straight standing up right and just kind of like the whole just him not the board and it's i think it's all about your arms and your stance and that's what i watch when i watch videos so two two questions here first when you see those arm stance how do you apply that to your surfing is there is there an actual system that you use to say i really enjoyed this about Mizo or kyleni or somebody and i'm going to apply it or how do you take that information um and apply it to what you do yeah so when i like watch it watch the video i like kind of see it and i kind of like if i like it i want to do that yeah so i'll go out and surf and try to like do that with my arms and kind of like you know, it's there's one way where you like you feel it, then when you like see it. So like my dad sometimes will film me, and seeing yourself on footage, that's where like you can kind of break everything down and like see if you really like see what you need to change. And I think just like watching videos and just kind of like amping on footage and then going out there and really kind of like applying it, just like how you think it would feel to look that way. And just trying to do it yourself. And then once you get footage, if someone films you, you can look at that footage and kind of like see what you look like and if you're doing it correctly or not. But all these guys that I watch kind of like create like my own style. Like my style isn't like just like me or just like foil wizard. It's kind of just like all these different surfers combined. And that's where I kind of got my style from. That's epic. What What are your favorite videos to go back to? You mentioned that 170 Hyper uh, Misa Fernando video, which is insane. What What are some of the other ones? Um, ooh, this is a hard one. Uh, I'm putting you on the spot. You said it. Scotty <laughs> has a <laughs> yeah. Uh, Scotty has a Kahana Bay video. It's like I think it was like his first day on his like new setup. I watched that video a lot. I watched Kailani videos. Kailani. Kyleni is I watch his airs like he's really good at airs so there's a Molokai to Oahu video on Kyleni's Instagram that's where I kind of like look at like downwind and stuff and then foil the world a lot of foil the world videos I'll watch because that's like everyone on one Instagram you know foil the world is like that guy is so cool like he posts everything and it's so helpful because everyone see different foil reviews, different writers. And like, if you want, if I want to like know something, I'll just go to his page and figure it out. Like if I don't want to know how this foil is, I'll go and look at his review. Or if I want to know what this writer is surfing, like I'll just go to his page. And so he's going to give a little shout out to Brian. He's, he's a cool guy. Yeah. Brian actually just did a camp down in Costa Rica. Um, I used to live down there and have a spot. We still do surf camps down there. I wasn't there for that camp, but my buddy Chase who runs it now and Brian just did the first foil camp down there last week. So super that's cool. so cool. I've been watching, I've been following on Instagram, but yeah, it looks, that's such a cool thing to do. Like go somewhere and teach people how to foil and just foil with them for a week. Yeah. They, apparently they had an absolute blast. I'm trying to get him on the show to i'm sure they'll do it as soon as brian gets back to hawaii and and chase has some time i'll get them both on and they can recap uh how it went so that'll be fun um yeah brian that's another video his uh albatross 165 the first time he tried it i watched that video a lot Mm -hmm. what about kane's video even the dog can't believe his eyes have you seen that one Oh, that I asked that one. Yeah, <laughs> I like Kane. Uh, Kane's like a master of high aspect wings. 
if you want to watch a high aspect video, go to his Instagram. You know, he has the best videos. Yeah. Kind of like he turns that wing so good, he pumps it so good. Everything that albatross. It, he's a man. Yeah, he's like a Jedi on that thing. It's amazing. Oh, he's yeah, he's so good. And like, if I ever need advice, I'll just text him like, "Hey, Ken, what's up?" Like, tell me about this towing or stuff like that. So. He's definitely someone I'd go to if, you know, if I need help understanding something, like figuring out something about the foil. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, someone was talking about the Takuma foil and why it was so fast on the podcast. James Casey was. And the day after we released the show, I get a text from Kane. I know why that wing's so fast if you want to know. <laughs> and he broke the whole thing down. <laughs> Dude, he, he is so smart about that kind of stuff. Like, he understands the lift he understands everything about the four ones like he knows and uh, yeah he's super cool too so right i like on. talking to him yeah he's a good dude um well jack dude thank you so much for for coming on the show i better go down no, and thank get you. with the family yeah. this is super rad though how do people follow you um what can they do to support any of the causes any of the things that you're that you're doing let them know yeah so um uh, my Instagram is Jack from town, no spaces, no caps. And, uh, you can go follow me on Instagram. And then I've been, I started TikTok actually. So you know what TikTok is? Oh yeah. My daughter talks about it all the yeah. time. We won't so ever I, have it I yet. Started, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I started TikTok and, um, I'm not posting any dancing videos, but I'm posting <laughs> like surfing and foiling videos on TikTok. So it's kind of like, I'm kind of getting serious with the TikTok. It's not kind of just like the funny dancing jokes. So you can follow me on TikTok if you have TikTok. How's and the uh, also yeah. before while you're on the TikTok thing? What's the following like on TikTok? Do you find that it's just random folks? Like, how's the audience compare to Instagram? Do you think a lot of foilers out there right now should be getting on TikTok? Is that the place where the community is going to be, or do you think Instagram is still going to be the place I mean, for the community? It's so hard to like. It's so hard to um, you know kind of predict, but I think TikTok is like the platform honestly because i've been talking with like some of my friends who like are pretty well known like are social media influencers and they said that like you know instagram since it got taken over by facebook it's kind of slowly dying and tiktok is where it's at and, you know it's everyone's still kind of posting those like funny dancing videos but i think if i can get serious with tiktok now once it becomes kind of popular you know i already have a little some growth but the following people who are following me are a lot like a lot different because not a lot of a lot of people who have TikTok are like the teenage audience, so it's like a lot of my friends from school and just like friends from the surfing community who are following me. But it, there's no really like serious companies on TikTok. They're on Instagram, so most of my serious followings are on Instagram. Gotcha. All right. So what's your TikTok? Yeah. Uh, what's your TikTok handle? So Jack, can... Jack from town. Yeah. Same thing. Okay. Yeah. Um, Jack and... from town. And then I had cut you off there to, to have that TikTok conversation, but uh, you were about to say something else too. Yeah, I just wanted to, you know, give a little shout out to the people who supported me. Uh, Uncle John from Amundsen Customs and, you know, the whole Signature crew, Dave and Malta and all the guys from Signature who helped me out. So appreciate it, guys. Right on. Well, Jack, thanks so much for coming on, man. Um, this was awesome. I, I thought it was going to be good, but but this was really good, man. Um, I'm stoked. So good on you. Thank you. I appreciate it.